You don't know his name, but you owe him everything. Welcome to American Esoterica. If history class gives you the lunch tacos, this is the new stain on your work shirt. The essential stuff in between. The personalities, events, and other ephemera that shape our history and culture. I'm Brian Powers. As the legend goes, it was Yom Kippur in 1779, or maybe 1781, and General George Washington, or a messenger on his behalf, desperate for funds for the bankrupt and starving Continental Army, stumbled into the first synagogue in Philadelphia to beg the congregants for money. One influential congregant stood up, wrote a massive check, and encouraged the others to give over the contents of the Zadaka box, a collection for the needy. That man was Chaim Salomon, and although it very likely didn't actually go down that way, the reality wasn't too far off. Without Salomon's efforts, there would be no United States of America. Chaim Salomon was born in Poland around 1740 to a Jewish family that long ago had fled religious persecution during the Portuguese Inquisition, an equally unexpected sequel to the Spanish Inquisition. He made his way overseas to the colonies at some point in the 1770s. There isn't a clear history for him before he arrived in New York in 1775, but once he arrived in the Big Apple, he made a splash. He joined up with the Sons of Liberty immediately. You know, the guys that like to party, with tea? He also set up a brokerage house to conduct international trade, his specialty. That all ground to a halt in 1776. A mysterious fire burned down many of the houses where British soldiers just happened to be quartered. And the Sons of Liberty, including Salomon, were rounded up and arrested. He spent 18 months as a British prisoner, but when he let his captors know that he spoke German, they freely used him as a translator with the Hessian mercenaries that they had hired. If you haven't spotted the flaw in that plan yet, don't worry, neither did the British. Salomon made the most of his time in prison, secretly influencing the Hessians and helping countless prisoners escape. He is even rumored to have convinced as many as 500 Hessians to come fight for the American side. Of course, the British, being idiots, thought he was merely acting as an interpreter, and they did something that was both dumb and accidentally smart in equal amounts. They pardoned him and released him for, get this, good behavior. How did it take so long to beat these people again? Salomon went back to work, broker by day and secret son of liberty by night, kind of like a colonial Batman. The British caught on though, and he was arrested again for espionage in 1778 after yet another mysterious fire broke out among the ships in New York Harbor. Sentenced to death this time under the fool me once, shame on you doctrine, Salomon managed to escape to freedom in Philadelphia, where he reopened his brokerage firm and quickly began managing the finances of the French armies in America and others. Ultimately, he met founding father Robert Morris, who had been trying to organize the nation's finances and Salomon wound up managing the finances for the Continental Congress. 
quite often using his own money to pay the fledgling country's debts. In fact, he loaned the country an estimated $350,000 of his personal fortune over the course of the war. Pretty much all he had. Salomon's personal financial contributions aside, he used his financial network on behalf of the Continental Congress to fund the war, leveraging every connection he and Morris can make to ensure that the Continental Army could fight on. In all, he helped raise $650,000 for the war effort. That dollar figure is not adjusted either. Depending on who you ask, that number in today's money is anywhere from double-digit millions up to $9 billion. As the war dragged on, the task to fund it became more and more difficult. As funds ran out in 1781, General Washington decided that his best option was to bring his army to Yorktown and face Cornwallis head-on, where a French fleet could backstop the attack. After marching them through Pennsylvania, the troops under his command suddenly refused to continue, and Washington had a mutiny on his hands. They had been fighting with little in the way of supplies and pretty much zero payment. They demanded a month of pay in coins, not that worthless congressional paper money. Washington wrote to Morris, who responded that there was no money or credit left. It had been exhausted. Washington wrote back, send for Chaim Salomon. Salomon raised the necessary $20,000 within days, getting Washington's army back on its feet and on time to its appointment with history, also giving birth to the legend about Washington heading up the synagogue on Yom Kippur. Chaim Salomon is our little-known Jewish-American founding father, the man who financed the revolution. So how did we treat him? Well, we certainly didn't pay him back. Chaim Salomon had given everything he had to support the cause of American freedom. But after the war, that just landed him in debtor's prison, where he contracted tuberculosis. He died penniless on January 8th, 1785, at the age of 44. So if you ever look at our mounting national debt and wonder, to whom is this owed? Just know that Chaim Salomon, the man who made it all possible, should be at the front of the line. This has been American Esoterica. All sounds were made by me, Brian Powers. Did I get it wrong? Did I get it right? Just want to talk about how hard it is to calculate how much money from 1779 is worth today? Drop me a note. The address is yell at AmericanEsoterica.com. Thank you for listening, and God bless America.